Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Do have another update for you? Halinka Gretzky Cup, Canada in the semifinal against Sweden. I'll give you your three seconds. Canada has tied the game at two with uh, the second period just coming to an end right now. So they will... Hello. They'll face off against the winner of Russia and Finland, which is going on right now as well. I do not have an active score update for you in that one. Uh, Just waiting to hook up with NHL.com senior fantasy editor Pete Jensen. He's also a part of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. We're waiting to get his thoughts on uh, all things to do with the fantasy hockey world. But there was a lot of movement this offseason in terms of players who you might expect to be quality contributors, early-ish round draft picks. Artemi Panarin is probably the first one I look at and wonder what his fantasy prospects might be coming up in a Rangers uniform versus what he did with Columbus versus what he did with Chicago even. How about P.K. Subban or just New Jersey as a whole? Is Jack Hughes a shoe-in to produce as a rookie? I'm not even sure he's a shoe-in to make that team. I just, and I'm only basing that off of how he performed against grown men at the World Championship earlier this spring. Capo Caco looks like someone who's ready to immediately produce. I didn't get that impression from Jack Hughes. What do you think? Text me at 630-630 couple more texts here talking about where they, where you were when Wayne Gretzky was traded on this day back in 1988. Jim in Vancouver says he was in Glasgow, Scotland, and it made the national news there. That is incredible. That's when you know you've made an impact as an athlete. Well, Pete Jensen, I can only imagine, has made an impact as a fantasy writer, and we're pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline by him. Pete, how are you doing today? Thanks for taking the time. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. And, yeah, we're in the dog days of August, but that means we're getting ramped up on our fantasy coverage. we got a lot of good stuff available on NHL.com slash fantasy and with our new podcast, and I'm excited to talk to you about it all. Absolutely. So I thought we'd start uh, just with some of the player movement, Pete, that we saw in this offseason. Some big names switching colors, and I want to know about the fantasy ramifications of that. So obviously here in Edmonton, James Neal being the big acquisition, but there's other guys around the league. I look at Artemi Panarin as an impact player, both in fantasy and real life. He He's in New York now. P.K. Subban. Is there any one of these players that really stands out to you as 
as somebody who's going to have their fantasy value significantly either upped or downed by the move? There are a lot of good player movement notes to talk about. I do think that Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be a top five fantasy goalie without any doubt this season. I think Florida, uh, between the addition of him and coach Joel Quenville, which can really get a lot more out of some of their younger players, not named Barkov or Huberto. Um, I think that that is a significant addition just to kind of address Florida's glaring weakness for the past few years. I mean, they had Luongo and Reimer the past few years, and it just wasn't cutting it. So, yeah, I really like Bobrovsky. I think we have him as the number three goalie uh, in fantasy behind Bishop and Vasilevsky, so that's really good company there. Also, Panarin, I was looking at, I mean, there's an amazing ripple effect, whether it's on Capocaco or Mika Zibanejad or Henrik Lundqvist or Jacob Truba or Adam Fox, whoever plays on that first power play unit. But Panarin uh, only had 18 power play points last season for a Columbus unit that uh, was kind of down in the dumps, uh, even though they ended up uh, uh, exploding a little bit in the first round of the playoffs. But I think that gives Panarin, who had 87 points last year, an even higher ceiling with the Rangers. So that's pretty significant as well. He's a top five fantasy left wing. I'm curious your thoughts on P.K. Subban, who's seen his fantasy value dip a little bit uh, in his time in Nashville. He goes to New Jersey on a team that's retooled all over the map. What do you think about him playing over there on the East Coast? I like him to finish as a top 10 fantasy defenseman for sure, because I think uh, he's going to be playing with Taylor Hall on the power play. Hall's in a contract year which you always look for in fantasy. There's going to be some pressure there, uh, but some extra motivation on Hall's side for sure. And there's plenty of motivation for Subban as well. In fact, both of those players are injury bounce-back candidates, and they were before the trade of Subban from Nashville to New Jersey. So collective upside for the two of them, without a doubt. And uh, P.K. Subban, with his power play struggles, Nashville's power play struggles, he was splitting time all the time with Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm, uh, Ryan Ellis on the first unit. He is the clear-cut power play quarterback for New Jersey this year, and that's something that you don't want a guy's workload. So you don't want him to be sharing time with anyone as a power play quarterback. You want him to just unload and perform for your fantasy team. We're chatting with Pete Jensen right now. He's NHL.com senior fantasy editor. And Pete, you mentioned bounce back. And obviously you don't win your league in the drafting in the first round and your first round pick. I find that you win your league more with the sleepers, the breakout candidates, the bounce back guys. So specifically with respect to some guys who may have had down seasons last year, who are you looking at having a rebound performance here in 2019-2020? There are plenty of names. I mean, Patrick Liney and Jamie Ben lead the list for me in terms of bounce-back candidates. I think that Patrick Liney, um, if his shot selection gets a little bit better, he could get you know return to 45, 50 goals without a question, especially with uh, some of his surges last year. But, of course, uh, the lineup placement is a little questionable right now. And, of course, uh, yeah, Kevin Hayes is out in Winnipeg, so... I'm interested to see if he's playing with Mark Shifley or Blake Wheeler uh, as his center. Uh, I like his chances of bouncing back. And then Joe Pavelski, the addition of Pavelski to the Dallas Stars is huge for Jamie Ben's bounce back appeal uh, in terms of Ben maybe playing either with Sagan or Rupi Hintz or Pavelski. He's going to be playing with a lot of talent next season, and he's going to be on a complete 
first power play with Klingberg, Pavelski, uh, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov. There's not really a better unit out there uh, for Jamie Benn to bounce back. And if he does, if he scores 70-plus points, he's going to have that trademark elite category coverage of stuff like hits, power play points, shots on goal. So those are my top two bounce back candidates. And then William Nylander as well. If Austin Matthews explodes and uh, Nylander is along for the ride, he's going to return to form and even build on his first two seasons in the NHL before taking a step back last year. Now, conversely, Pete, obviously each year we also see prime candidates for regression, whether that's positive regression like you're mentioning or negative regression, people going in the wrong direction fantasy-wise. Who do you think might be a candidate to step back from what they've done uh, in the last fantasy year or two? I mean, there are a couple of guys. There's Jordan Bennington's probably at the top of that list. I mean, went 24-5, and won the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's just he made it look easy, but it's not easy to sustain something like that. So we like Bennington as a top 10 fantasy goalie, but I'm hesitant to put him into the top five for obvious reasons. I mean, look at the other rookie goalies who have won the Stanley Cup in their first season over the years. It ranges from Patrick Waugh to Matt Murray, who's been up and down throughout his young career, to Cam Ward. So it hasn't been done many times, and it's a questionable feat um, to sustain. So I think, yeah, Jordan Bennington, big concerns for fantasy. And the Blues are a type of team where if Bennington went off the rails and they had to go back to Jake Allen, I would worry about that team a little bit um, all of a sudden. So, yeah, Jordan Bennington's the big one. Elias Lindholm is another one. Uh, he played, he was a fixture with uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan last season, almost scored 80 points, but uh, had never scored uh, more than, I believe, 45 in previous seasons. So I think, yeah, Elias Lindholm, candidate for some regression. I would take him. I would sit back and wait for a guy like that as opposed to reaching for him, let's say, where around the range where he finished last year. Like he was a top 20 fantasy player last year. I wouldn't even touch him uh, until maybe the top 75 overall. We are chatting with Pete Jensen right now. You can find him on Twitter at NHL Jensen. He is NHL.com senior fantasy editor. And Pete, you've also got your podcast where uh, much of this information is also available on demand. That's correct. So you, you cover everything from bounce back candidates to, you know, rookies, breakouts, etc. Yeah, definitely. We got four new season preview episodes dropped over the past two weeks, including mock draft 1.0. So you can kind of Check out our story on NHL.com slash fantasy. Look at the results. I encourage anybody who's going to be playing fantasy to do this. Look at the results and listen to the episode while you're doing it. Follow along. See what sticks out. If you think a guy went too high, too low, let us know on Twitter, and uh, we'll explain it. We'll uh, acknowledge it, and we'll um, have some fun with it along the way. We answer a lot of listener questions. The you know, the podcast is called NHL Fantasy on Ice, and it's myself and Rob Reese, and we've been bringing on some great guests so far this summer. Now, you you and Mr. Reese had your mock draft already. I went through it. I was surprised to see Ben Bishop taken before Andre Vasilevsky. Can you break down the goaltending picture for me right now as we head towards this next season? Yeah, I mentioned Bobrovsky is a workhorse who could win 40-plus games like he's done in the past. Vasilevsky uh, and the Lightning are a very safe choice. That said, I think if Ben Bishop stays healthy, we can all agree, considering what he did last season, 934 in the regular season, 933 in the playoffs, 
Uh, Dallas was very, very close, probably the closest of any team to knocking off the eventual champs in St. Louis. Um, I think that Ben Bishop, with that 50-plus save uh, performance in Game 7, I just feel that he has a different gear to reach if he can stay healthy. So that's kind of, it's kind of like Eric Carlson. You know, if Eric Carlson stays healthy as a defenseman, he's going to probably score 82 points in 82 games, and you'll win your league because of it. If Ben Bishop's you know, plays 60-plus games, I think you'll win your league because of it, and that's the reasoning. We really like Dallas here at NHL.com. We feel like their ceiling is winning the division, and it's pretty realistic, to be honest, uh, after the addition of Pavelski and the young talent with Hint and uh, Miro Heiskanen. So, yeah, that's kind of the reasoning behind that. And then, you know, the fourth goalie, I believe, is Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I think it's a similar playoff trend where you can see Vegas came just, just short against the Sharks, and uh, I think they're going to come back with a vengeance, and Fleury is a workhorse goalie that you can rely on when he's healthy in fantasy. From a dynasty perspective here, Pete, um, goaltenders, they seem to peak a lot later on. So when you look at Bishop and he's he's on the wrong side of 30, if I can say that, but it seems like a fine wine. They just seem to get better with age, and, and there may be no better example than that than Marc-Andre Fleury. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. That If you're talking keeper dynasty, you're probably not putting as much stock into a Bishop or a um, Henrik Lundqvist, who is another bounce-back candidate, or a um, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's in the later stages of his career. You're looking more at like a Vasilevsky, who just got locked up for a long-term contract. Uh, even some of the younger guys, Matt Murray. I really like Carter Hart this season. I feel like everybody's sleeping on the Flyers. Philip Grubauer is still uh, relatively young with a chance to uh, enter the prime of his career as a full-time starter for the Avalanche for a great young team, great young defense, plus McKinnon and Rantanen. Uh, so I really like their talent and his prospects in Keeper Dynasty. And then some interesting rookies. I mean, Columbus, everybody's out of the picture. Let's see if this Elvis Merz-Lickens uh, can be the full-time starter, and he might be a little waiver-wire uh, player worth adding, and especially in Keeper League. And then there's Mackenzie Blackwood as well. If the Devils are going to be uh, pen to paper and uh, come through on all their uh, improvements this offseason, Mackenzie Blackwood is very young and could beat out Corey Schneider for the starting job and could be a viable asset in keeper leagues without a doubt. Somebody that uh, I think won quite a few leagues for guys last year or at least helped them get into the playoffs was Mackenzie Blackwood. However, uh, we've got Pete Jensen Definitely. on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline right now. He's from NHL.com and their fantasy division. We've talked briefly about coaching changes. We had one here in Edmonton and Dave Tippett perhaps known as more of a of a defensive coach and conversely you see in Philadelphia where they acquire Elaine Vigneault and I'm wondering what that means for guys like Claude Giroux, Jakub Voracek and their fantasy values. So take me around the league. You mentioned Quenville as well with some of these coaching changes and the ramifications on the fantasy outlook because of it. Well, yeah, almost every year you see a coaching change and then it sparks a team into the playoffs. I mentioned I really like Florida's chances of making the playoffs. Uh, I think the Atlantic is going to get four teams. Most people would probably agree with that. So I like that. I like the um, the Flyers' perspective for Carter Hart with uh, Kevin Hayes ad- added to the mix. There's They have four nice center options between Couturier, Giroux, uh, Kevin Hayes, Nolan Patrick, a lot of talent, a lot of offense. And Elaine Vigneault usually gets the most out of his teams, at least for the first 
few years. A uh, guy that's been to the Stanley Cup final two separate times with two separate teams. Yeah, for Edmonton, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I could see maybe some of those point totals coming down a little bit, but the team improving overall under Dave Tippett. But then again, in Arizona, he took that team to the Western Conference final one year, and they did not have much forward talent. So I'm really interested and intrigued to see what Tippett can do uh, to round the Oilers uh, into form and hopefully get them back to the playoffs for all those hardcore fans in Edmonton. And, yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Anaheim Ducks either with their new coaching change. Um, Dallas Eakins from their AHL affiliate, he's coached a lot of those young players. Tasha, Troy Terry, Max Comtois, Sam Steele in the AHL, even John Gibson, who is an obvious bounce-back candidate. I think if the Ducks make the playoffs, Gibson could be one of the most valuable fantasy goalies, and you can get him at a discount right now. So a lot of fantasy coaching implications. We actually have an episode of NHL Fantasy on Ice devoted just to coaching changes. I'm curious your thoughts on the likelihood that Leon Dreisaitl repeats the kind of year that he had. I imagine from your perspective, that'll depend entirely on whether he plays alongside Connor McDavid. Yeah, I mean, he needs to see some time with McDavid to keep this up. Uh, Anybody would, I think, uh, whether it's even strength or on the power play, he's definitely going to be on the power play with him and probably still going to see large stretches with him at even strength. But the thing about Drysaddle, he plays all three positions well. Uh, he can remain fantasy relevant and very productive, whether he's with or without McDavid, on right wing, left wing, center. So the Oilers added James Neal, like you mentioned. Uh, they have Nugent Hopkins. I think Nugent Hopkins is probably going to play more often with one of those two, McDavid or Drysaddle, uh, under Dave Tippett, uh, which could spread out the scoring a little bit. And that's what Edmonton needs to do. I mean, they had 200-point guys, a 69-point guy, and then their next highest uh, point total was 41 from uh, defenseman Darnell Nurse. So they need to up the ante a little bit, improve the team as a result of spreading out their scoring. But I think Drysaddle keeps it up. I see him definitely scoring, you know, 85-plus points, even if he regresses a little bit. That's really valuable in fantasy. Chatting with NHL.com's senior fantasy editor, editor rather Pete Jensen Uh, Pete the Oilers aren't going to have an impact rookie I don't think make the cut this year as far as fantasy goes or really in real life but Jack Hughes Capo Caco the picks number one and two do you see either one of them emerging emerging as a a standout rookie from a fantasy perspective or is there somebody who wasn't necessarily drafted this most recent year that you're looking at emerging yeah, as far as fantasy rookies, I'm looking at four guys. I mean, Hughes is in a great spot, whether he's with Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri or if he's on the second line with Nikita Gusev, uh, standout player in the KHL. Unknown commodity, but uh, gives him a high floor after that Gusev signing. So Jack Hughes should get you 50-plus at the minimum. Uh, I think has a chance of 55-60 if things go right and he plays on power play one. Capocacco could be a 30-goal scorer, very realistically, I think, playing with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin on the top line. Could also be Kravtsov, could also be Buchnevich, so it remains to be seen. But I really like what Kako did, um, you know, in the World Championship. He was a stud. And then I'm looking at two other guys from previous draft years, both defensemen. Kale McCarr, after the Tyson-Barry trade, is a no-brainer, top 25 fantasy defenseman with a very high ceiling this year. 
if he plays on the first power play with McKinnon, Branson, and Landeskog, and Nazem Kadri, who came the other way from Barry. And then uh, with Elias Pettersson, Brock Fester poised for a huge year. Uh, Quinn Hughes is another rookie defenseman that I think has a very high ceiling. It would be really cool to see maybe 60-plus each from Hughes and Kako, and then 50-plus each, uh, very realistic for Hughes, Quinn Hughes, I'm talking, and Kale McCarr. I mean, that would be a crazy debate for the top three Calder if all four of those guys hit their ceiling. Well, given that McCarr came from the Alberta Junior Hockey League, I think a lot of our listeners will appreciate that. Pete, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Uh, Thank you so much. One more time, how are people finding your content? Sure, yeah. Check out NHL.com slash fantasy, whether you play DFS, season long, or both. We'll get you ready for the start of the season. And then NHL Fantasy on Ice is a new podcast. It's going to be three, four times a week during the regular season, so stick with us. And we'll get you through your draft prep. Uh, We have a bunch of new episodes out already. Again, myself, NHL Jensen, and Rob Reese, NHL Reese. Check us out and hit us up with your questions. Excellent stuff, Pete. Thank you for taking the time again, and I hope to connect soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, and enjoy the rest of the summer, everybody. That is NHL.com Senior Fantasy Editor Pete Jensen. He is on Twitter at NHL Jensen. Brendan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Escott with you. It's 1.53 in Edmonton. We'll press pause, come back with the Heartland Ford text line when we return. Hi, this is Ryan and Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. Some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. You can tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Coming up after a timeout for the news, we will connect with Jen Conway. You know her as NHL History Girl on Twitter. She's the one that's tweeting out uh, the pictures, the old dating right back to the beginning, the infancy of the NHL. We're talking significant birthdays, trades, signings, cup wins, press conferences and of course it's only appropriate today as 31 years ago back in August of 1988 Wayne Gretzky traded or sold depending on your perspective to the Los Angeles Kings so curious what Jen thinks of that Um, and we'll just get her thoughts we'll get her story up to over 25,000 Twitter followers for her following that we'll check in with Edmonton Eskimos play-by-place play-by-play voice Morley Scott Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.